Hey, and welcome back to Game Talk. I'm your host, Damon Beyond. Today, I'm joined by Connor. Hey, guys. And Mike. Hello. And sort of a sort of a somber discussion today. I, I think we want to talk about addiction in gaming today. And uh, as we all know, addiction is a horrible problem that can occur with basically anything, but it definitely has a significant presence in gaming, so much so that there are, you know, anti-gaming laws in places like Korea where people actually die from not taking care of themselves and gaming, you know, 24-7 at a gaming cafe or something like that. And, uh, yeah, I, I actually, Mike, Mike had the idea of bringing this up, so why don't you kick off the discussion, Mike? Do you have any uh, personal thoughts? Um, the first time I kind of thought about this topic was actually in regards to Blizzard, because I'm in a, a lot of discords, and there's just these this small group of people who have based their entire emotional well-being on one game and that's that's not healthy yeah and i you know when it comes to like mmos i can see how it's like easier for something like that to happen right because you're basically it's basically like living in another entire life right yeah. Like for for a lot of these people that are super into MMOs, specifically, I guess you, I guess you're. I'm assuming you're referencing WoW, right? Yeah, I'm referencing WoW. Okay. There's a lot of WoW people that just are having a bad time right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's MMOs in general are super easy to conflate almost with your real life because there's so much. Like, you know, when when you think about your real life, there, you know, you think about your work, your hobbies, and your uh, Friends. Commu- the community that you're a part of. And World of Warcraft can replace all three of those things. If you yeah, I think uh, like some of my first experiences with the World of Warcraft community, because I've never played the game, was actually when I'd be at like, an amusement park, and a guild would be having their meetup at the amusement park. See, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that, to be there's clear. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah, but it's just that it is... These, like, there's such a fine line in design, too, between designing a world you can be immersed in and designing a world you can't leave. Yeah. Yeah. And right and now, Blizzard's kind of, WoW's kind of fallen into that trap of being a world you really can't leave because now there's a lot of people that are so invested in the story that they just can't step away anymore. So just an interesting uh, anecdote for WoW, Blizzard's WoW player base has actually fallen by 50% in like the last five years or something like that. I saw that statistic the other day. So people are leaving WoW. Yeah. But this problem definitely exists, I would argue, primarily in MMO spaces, but it could exist for any other game, for sure. And, you know, there, I definitely think there's a, a, a line between like... I guess how I played MMOs as a kid where I was quote unquote addicted, but not like debilitatingly. So, and to people who are actually like debilitatingly addicted to video games, you know? Yeah. My, uh, my closest brush with video game addiction was, uh, an old Korean MMO called Mobby Nogi that like, I distinctly remember it ate up an entire summer of my life. Like I don't remember doing anything else that summer. I remember getting up, playing the game and then eating dinner and going to sleep at about 4 a.m. Like, and that's, that's basically like my entire memory of that summer. And, you know, obviously it didn't stop that summer, but the, the point where it wasn't debilitating was I was not cutting school to play the game. You know, I was eating, I was sleeping occasionally. Yeah. I think the closest I came to actually being a, 
addicted to a game might have been Dota 2, but even then, I, I guess the games that I'm mostly attracted to, you eventually just get so sick of playing the game that you just stick it down because you just you're just so mad. Yeah, it's definitely like regular for me to to fiend for a game. You know, like it's what I'm thinking about while I'm at work. I'll watch videos about it all the time and like play it basically exclusively in my free time. I got like that with Factorio. I only played Factorio for like a month and I clocked over 150 hours in it. Yeah. But, you know, I went to work. Yeah, Yeah, 150 hours doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're... When it's in one month, that's a lot. But I I think it's important to emphasize like... I think as long as you, if you, if you play like video games for 150 hours a month, but you, you know, like take care of yourself, you do the things you're supposed to do, you don't quit your job, you know, like, I think it's fine, right? Like, obviously it's not that addiction and uh, functional addicts, right? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah. it's it's all sort of a gray, you know, it's, it's very, uh, it's a gradient, right? It's, there aren't really lines, but like. And I, I feel like it's easy are, to transition from one state to another. A lot of games are designed to be addictive, though. And I think yeah, it's really no. it's really scummy. And uh, sometimes they know they're doing it, but sometimes they don't. Like, you see a lot of uh, games marketing that will, like, advertise a game as addictive. And I think that's disgusting. Yeah, they especially mo- uh, it's prevalent in the mobile sphere, largely... Because they just want you to pick it up and keep looking at it over the course of a day, so you're more likely to spend money on it. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I talked about a game on the show, ooh, a while ago. This would have been this summer, I think. Maybe might have been last year. Forager, and I think yeah. Forager is nothing but addictive. There's no game there. There's just a feedback loop that gives you dopamine. Or serotonin, I forget which the one, which is the one they target for. Uh, I think I it's know, pretty sure it's dopamine. But uh, you know, all it is is a dopamine feedback loop. You just keep pl- like I hate it. I didn't enjoy the, any part of the game, but I kept like in the back of my mind, I just kept wanting to play it. And uh, yeah, I just eventually uninstalled it because I knew I would sit there and just waste hours of my life and feel terrible about it on it. See, again, it's it's tough because, like, the carrot in front of the stick is, like, I would argue one of the core design decisions of the modern gaming, you know, modern game design, right? Like, I feel like you always want to dangle, you know, that extra bit of incentive to keep the player playing. But, like, when it's intentionally designed to be debilitatingly addictive, that's, yeah, that's when it's... And, you know, I, like, I, it's tough, right? Like, because, like... You know, like a game like Destiny, right? Like, there's so many little things that keep you like, okay, I'm going to stay on for like maybe just half an hour to grind out this one last thing, then I'll go. And then like, it's like, oh, I'm so close to completing this that I guess I'll just stay on for that. You know, like little things that just keep you going. But like, yeah. And then there's like, there's the game that is designed to be addictive versus the game that is addictive. Because like Destiny 2, which was your example that I have a bit of experience with. Yeah, they like, they're always dangling some slightly better stats or a rare item or another mission. They're always dangling that in front of you. But then there's a game like Civ, which, yeah. in my oh, opinion, God. is not at all maliciously designed. It's just it's, very difficult to walk away from because it's, it's a long game. Yeah, it's it's the formula of the game that's addictive. It's not addictive by design. It's just that one more turn kind of aesthetic that they 
they eventually started leaning into it as like a, a joke. But yeah, it's, it's a I real really thing that anybody sat down and thought like, how do we make it? Because so, their business model doesn't isn't really conducive to that. They I, I, I think that's an excellent point. Yeah, like civilization isn't like laden with microtransactions or anything like that. Like a lot of these other games are uh, games that like have avenues to get your dopamine as quickly as you need to. Right. But like Civ, I don't know, man, like I've maybe the closest I've come to being addicted to a game is Civilization five while I was in college. Like, yeah, yeah. my God. Like, I mean, Civ Civ's one of those games you pick up, you play for like a 10 hour span, finish the game and then you put it down for a week or two. And then that itch comes back, and you're like, I want to play another game of Civ. I just remember the first time I picked up Civilization V, I was like, what? I've never experienced anything like this before. And like before I knew it, like 12 hours passed. It was a Saturday. And yeah, I was a veteran like, of the series, so... I, I, I have Civ six sitting in my library, and I've wanted to try it, but I, I'm just not ready. Yeah, it's I'm... Just- I- eventually you become immune to the uh, one more turn kind of feeling, and you can put it down. But that that came to me after playing every Civ game since two. Yeah, um, I, I I agree with you, so. Mike. I think eventually you get to that point, and I'm at that point now. I think I could put down Civ. Like I I mean I still have to like fight for it, right? Like if I'm in the middle of a game, I'm like okay, like I want to keep playing, but I'm going to stop now. But like I've reached this point, I think over a thousand hours, like put yeah. in across both five and six, right? Like so it's you don't get to that point very quickly but like i just think it's so fascinating to think that civilization is such an addictive game and i think it's just because like the game design is so beautiful like it's so like all the systems feed into each other so well that like it's just such a joy to play yeah a lot of strategy games like that you just want to keep playing because why stop now you're almost you've almost won and then 20 hours later why stop now? You've almost won. Plus, there's like, so, like I mentioned, like the carrot on the stick, right? There's so many organic carrots on sticks in Civilization because, like, there's so many different, uh, basically gameplay systems that mesh with each other that combine with each other so well that, like, doing one thing here will lead to another thing somewhere else. And, like, you just want to keep experiencing that, at least in my, from my perspective. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I think. Factorio has the same problem, although totally different genre, where like, I want to, you set a goal that sounds fairly simple, like, I want to set up steel production, but in order to set up steel production, I'm going to need to increase my power production. In order to increase my power production, I need to tap new oil. In order to tap new oil, I'm going to have to get a train yard set up, and you end up making this long to-do list and stuff, and you, you wanted to do this one tiny thing, and you looked at the clock, and it's been four and a half hours, and you meant to go to bed you know, three hours ago. Yeah. 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 You, a lot of, a lot of production line games have that effect. I've yeah. even noticed that in my Minecraft server. Oh yeah. Where I'll set a goal. It's like, Oh, I want to run power to this area. And it's a three week long process. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, uh, yeah, go ahead. And I think while those can be deadly and people, ju- not deadly, but like they, they, they can get you, you know, th- those sorts of things can sneak up with you. They're not like designed to be that way. It's not right. Intentionally holding you hostage. Whereas, you know, maple story, maple story <laughs> the, the only reward you get is bigger numbers. And that's just, that's your carrot on a stick. You just want those numbers to get bigger and bigger. And you're not, I, it's that, like, that definitely is the end goal. But like, I remember, so like the closest I've come to being addicted to a game, like I said, is civilization and maple story back in the day. And I've talked about Maple Story so much on this podcast, but I just want to reiterate, like, I that that's one of those games I would play for like 
10 plus hour stretches and like you know like to the to the worry of my parents right like yeah and i think that's another thing we can go into like you know parents constantly being worried about addiction in games but um maple story sneaks up on you too because it starts out where you don't really care about the bigger and bigger numbers it's actually more of an adventure game where you're discovering this whole world but once you know once you've committed and you've really explored this world, suddenly all you care about is making these numbers bigger and you've yeah. already sunk all this time in. So you feel like, and you like do it. it. Even though that's the end goal, like Nexon or was it who, at the time or, or whoever, like did yeah. a really good job of creating like sub goals, like that all led to that ultimate goal. Like, as I remember, like I really wanted like a, some sort of staff or something. And like back then, like, you could go into the shop and buy it, but I was poor or you, you could like grind monsters and hope one of them drops. So I would just like sit there for hours and kill the monsters in this map over and over again in the hopes that like this 0.05% drop would trigger or something like that, you know? Yeah. And at the end of the day, yeah, it's a shiny new item, but that shiny new item has only exists for the sole purpose of boosting your damage. Right. So it all leads back to the numbers. Yeah. The numbers, man. The numbers. Yeah, I try to avoid games that expose too many numbers to me for for reasons like that sometimes. Yeah, and it's weird too because like RuneScape, the other MMO I used to play, like the numbers were reasonable, right? Like you you're hitting like twos and threes, and like by the end end game you're hitting like double digits, right? The numbers story you're hitting like reasonable. The numbers you can't see are insane. Like right, yeah. When you get to level 98, you're halfway to level 99. Right, like that, yeah, that XP grind is disgusting. And and for good reason, they don't show it, right? Because that'd be a huge, like, dissuasion, right? Yeah. Like Nobody would huge... ever want to get to level 99, although they do know that, and they do get to level 99. Right, but, like, actually exposing that, I feel like, would, would be de- detrimental a little bit. But yeah. But yeah, like with RuneScape, you've got the double digit numbers like near the end game. But like with MapleStory, you're hitting hundreds of thousands or millions, you know, tens of millions. Like, and it's just, it's just ridiculous. But it does provide that sweet, sweet dopamine. That's all we're here for is that dopamine. Yeah. Um, so Mike, you sounded kind of like you might know some horror stories about addiction in games. I've I've read a few, like I've heard of people in... Uh, I think it was a Chinese couple who sold their child to pay. Oh my for, god! Yeah, to pay for gotcha game stuff. Yeah, gotcha like, games are another very uh, predatory. Yeah, you, you hear about it a lot in foreign countries and stuff, and I I don't think that's necessarily fair because I think stuff like this is just as bad here, but it's easier to write about it other places. Yeah, yeah, it's it's easier to ignore in your own country and then like say, hey, these. These wacky, wacky Koreans, man, they like their StarCraft. This man played StarCraft for 12 hours and died. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the story I was thinking of, right? Like, he was in an inter- internet cafe. He played yeah. for, like, 12-plus hours straight, and he died. And no one even budged, right? Like, everyone just kept playing the game. It's only when he started to smell that people noticed he had died. It's pretty morbid. Yeah, like w- when when stuff like that happens, I can definitely see the argument like for for, you know, Korean governments or Chinese governments to be like, hey, we need to impose some sort of like restriction. You can only play for X amount of hours a day, you know, something like that. But yeah, it's 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 tough because like that sort of stuff, like people like I was telling you earlier that I was playing Civilization for 10 plus hours a day, like on a weekend. Right. Like 
and that's definitely not healthy behavior, right? But yeah. I wouldn't say my playing of Civilization was debilitating because I was able to like still do the things I needed to do. Yeah, you drank water and um, yeah. yeah, people making emotional attachments to video games. No, don't do it. It's a trap. The developers do not care about your emotions. They only care about your money. See, I think, yeah, so, like, I think that concept, I feel like addiction is one thing, and the emotional attachment is another thing, because I feel like a lot of people emotionally attach themselves to video games, right? Yeah. Because, like, that's the whole reason we have the, you know, console wars and stuff like that. People are, like, hardcore Sony fans or hardcore Xbox fans. I mean, that's hardcore all there is to some games, like animal crossing to a lesser extent stardew valley like the only thing those games have is your emotional attachment to them and i want yeah. to say yeah, that I, okay I, I, I hear you there addictive. but like yeah i hear you there but like i'm talking about like you know what i'm talking about though like you're talking about like, identity politics like yeah that's the yeah. better word yeah like <laughs> yeah people associate their identity with these these companies and welcome to game talk goes political but not political yeah i mean i think yeah, I really, it's a mistake. I mean, I, I guess I, I always think of it in terms of streamers who've built their career around a game, but I guess there are like people who are World of Warcraft players or are Call of Duty players. Absolutely, yeah. Just who that's they are. identity. Not that's great. Not, it's, <laughs> you see the same thing around content creators as well, where people will associate their entire person around a content creator oh my god oh yeah. i see what you're that's saying that's not yeah. healthy that's even more unhealthy i would argue because that's, that's an actual unhealthy because that person that you're never going to interact you with yeah you're Hopefully just a number to them with. yeah that yeah and then that can go into the whole like weird angle with like gamer girls like selling their bath water and like oh god did we have a discussion about bath water at some point I think I we might have mentioned it, like... Uh, yeah, I think it's been, like, a running thing. running thing. But, like, it's... Yeah, it's just weird, man. Don't be weird. No, don't be That's... weird. The, the, you'll, you'll, st- you'll, like, obsess over a company, but then you realize the company, you're not their friend, you're, their, you're a number, and they don't care. They only act like they care to make sure you buy their product. Yeah, and... and... Like, I see this, so I frequent, like, gaming forums a lot, just because that's, you know, something I'm into. And, like, one thing I see very often, like, it's fine to, you know, stick up for the things, like, you're into. Like, if I'm into Uncharted or The Last of Us, I'm going to go on there and, like, explain and defend it, right? Like, say, like, why I think this is so great. It's one thing to do that. That's fine, right? Like, but don't put others down. Right, like, and I see that so often. It's like, oh, this Xbox game sucks because Xbox doesn't know how to manage game studios, and like, inherently, this game's gonna be bad because of that. Like, stuff like that, man. Are, like, are you guys aware of the thing that happened to girlfriend reviews? Oh my god, yeah, that was uh, the people who like the the very specific subset of people that like The Last of Us One and hate The Last of Us Part Two, and are just vitriolic about it. Like, yeah. To the, it, to the point where it's psychotic, quite honestly, like it, that. No, it, it, the things that happened to girlfriend reviews were quite literally psychotic. Yeah, that was so. Like for those who don't know, and like definitely check out the channel because she and her boyfriend did a video on that, and it's very they also just uh, have illuminating in general. Yeah, it's they're hilarious. But like some dude, like what? What did he do? He like he faked death threats to himself 
from he, girlfriend reviews. Yeah, he pretended to be. Yeah, he he accused girlfriend reviews of sending him death threats, but in reality, he was writing himself death threats from and he, like, like three different accounts too. It's just like yeah. in this weird attempt to like take them down just because they like The Last of Us Part Two. It's just like, dude, and they didn't even give it like an amazing review. They just like liked it. Like, it's they just, didn't call it the second coming of Christ or whatever. And, and like, this is even weirder, because it's like, yeah, like, okay, I can somewhat empathize with, like, attaching your, to yourself to something you love, but this is attaching yourself, your identity, to something you hate. And it's yeah. just like, dude, like, that's so, just so bad for so many that's reasons. Sad. So unhealthy for you, personally, as well. You know, yeah. like, get a life. It's just, yeah, <laughs> stop, just get, get, log off. Go outside, breathe. I mean, there, I don't know. I definitely have identity in media. Uh, I see it a little bit. Like, I identify a lot with the genre, of, with my favorite genre of music, folk punk. Like, That's... there's a certain element of that genre of music in my identity. And that, I feel like, is okay. Yeah, as yeah. long as you don't make it your entire identity. Yeah. Taking parts of, like, a culture around it is fine. That's perfectly normal for us to form. And you can extend that to games around something. You can extend yeah. that to games too, right? Like you, you personally really like roguelikes, right? And that's not, yeah. I would argue, a popular genre. Like it's, no, a, it's no. kind of niche, I'm a but like player for sure. But yeah, you're not like, I don't know, it, man. Like you're not going around calling other genres garbage. Yeah, and if somebody like uh, doesn't like Spelunky, I'm not gonna like eat them alive for, or even you know the game i would call the greatest game of all time outer wilds some people don't like it and sorry like <laughs> don't listen to connor connor if you say the outer wild is bad connor will will come to your home yeah okay yeah that's the one thing he'll do it i would never come to anybody's home who came on our discord and said that the outer wilds was bad and listed their home address <laughs> Nothing would happen at all. You know, okay, side note, like, this kind of stuff makes me afraid to play the games Connor recommends. Because I know I will be judged so hard if I don't love it. So I will play The Outer Wilds one day, but, like, Connor has hyped this thing. Like, he's calling it the greatest game ever made. Like, how could it possibly live up to that? I say that sometimes. I don't know that that's fair, but it is the most important game ever made. Okay, but it's the same thing. You're re- you're really hyping it up. I better open this game, and it better be the next, the it's next great. I mean, game. I, it. If somebody had told me that, and then I played it, it would live up to my expectations. Okay, so, well, I will. Uh, I will be the judge of that one. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think the general message here is just like, if you find yourself like. Finding yourself falling into like addictive pattern or like an identity crisis of sorts, I think it's just best to step away. Like even if that doesn't seem like the the smart choice to you personally, like I feel like that's what you need to do to for your overall general health. The less you yeah. want to do it, the more you probably need. Yeah, to. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, there's there's more news. Yeah the the lawsuit got worse recently. Yeah, the Blizzard. Oh, the, yeah, the Blizzard lawsuit. Yeah. Like so, I'm not destroying evidence. Oh my oh, god, yeah. yeah. So god. we're all on the same page here. Yeah, that's hilarious to me. You know what that actually indicates to me? Because like I don't think Activision Blizzard corporate I don't think they're stupid. I think they're cunning, right? And I think they made a calculated choice. They were like, okay, the consequences of us destroying this evidence 
is are, are worth it. As in, the evidence, if it was uncovered, would be even like worse for them. Yeah, you get what it I'm would, saying. It would have like, been truly damning. Yeah. So like that, if you're that situ, like if you find yourself in a situation like that, like it's just like, how did you get to that point? I think they were panicking, and in their panic, they did a big stupid because that could get them into even more legal trouble. I yeah, but- I don't think there was any stupid involved. I think that they knew that whatever was. Uh, had been yeah. documented would be far worse for them. I think Ahmed's right. Yeah, they like they hoped California wouldn't figure it out though. Oh, I'm sure they did, but you but know. they're going to. Like, I mean, like, yeah, yeah it's just it's lizards. It, 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 actually, you know, I yeah, I guess this is like sort of follow up on that news story, but it, it's funny because like the trailer for Call of Duty Vanguard finally dropped, and you know we kept saying, like, this game is coming out this year, like, could this be the finally, the day, or the year that COD gets dethroned? And, like, the Call of Duty Vanguard trailer comes out, no Activision logo, which is hilarious. It also, I want to point out, those comments, like, I I just decided to check the YouTube comments, and I know that that's not a gauge for how this game is going to sell, but people were ruthless in there, like just oh, yeah. tearing into Blizzard uh, or Activision Blizzard and saying the game looks like trash, which is impossible to say because it was a cinematic trailer. Because of course it was, because the game's not done. All the, the, all the, everywhere I've seen, I've seen it all over Twitter, Facebook, wherever. No one's excited for this game. Yeah, but it's I, still going to be the top selling. Yeah, game Yeah, it's of the still going to sell because I, yeah, because like people I think, that don't care. Yeah, the audience, the primary Call of Duty audience is not are not the people tuned into gaming news. I would argue. So I, I do see that the majority of Call of Duty players are even sick of Call of Duty because they haven't done anything to fix any problems. Yeah, but they still buy it. They have massive cheating problems in Warzone, and I guess they haven't done anything to fix it. I wanted to point out, like, I think I saw, like, a, uh, a, there was a bit of news that, like, there was, like, a leaked uh, alpha screenshot of, like, the main menu or, like, the opening sequence, and, like, no Activision logo there either. Like, they just had, like, the copyright Activision, like, in in a corner, very tiny font. So, like, Activision knows that, like, even even their name is Poison now, and they're trying to hide it on their own games, which is just... And it sucks even more that, like, literally all of their studios, studios are still working on Call of Duty. So it's Yeah, just... I feel like if a Call of Duty ever dumpsters, it's going to be disastrous for Activision because that's their only... That's their cash. Their, yeah. their yeah, only release. They don't yeah, have any like, other games. I mean, I think, it, like, diver- diversification is, like, business 101 or investment 101, right? Like, Yeah, what? I mean, you can look back at EA. I mean, EA is as stupid as some of the decisions they've made. They, uh, you know, they saw the writing on the wall in like 2010 that they didn't own enough properties. And that's when we got like Dead Space. And is that, was that when the first Mass Effect was around 2010? No, that was like 2007. Yeah. Yeah. Mass Effect was there. earlier. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, they, oh, Mirror's Edge, you know, they launched a bunch of new properties. Yeah. Cause they, uh, you know, they, they realized they didn't have anything. I think it's a, a, a case of hubris in Activision's case. They were like, okay, we have the best selling game in the world. Year over year, it's, it's just like they fall. if if we focus solely on that, then like it would be even bigger, right? That I I I, I get it. That's their mentality, but like yeah, yeah. We'll uh, we'll see. Yeah, you're right. But it's if only hubris goes ball. down in all this. There will be there will be blood. Spyro has gone down, dude. Like they're working on. <laughs> well, yeah, no. I mean, Spyro still exists, but like if Activision goes under, 
and they don't sell all of their uh, properties, then Spyro could end up in limbo, oh. and like yeah, nobody can make okay. a Spyro game anymore. We're still eons away from talking about Activision going under, in my opinion. Yeah. Like well, you that's keep throwing the word hubris around, and it's not hubris if it works. And so far, it yeah. has consistently worked. Yeah, yeah, it's it's unfortunate, and uh, Ubisoft is in trouble. EA EA recently released all their accessibility patents. Like they still hold the patents, but they aren't going to charge anybody for using them. Yeah, Which that's amazing. Yeah, e- EA is the good guy now. I've what, seen it what all. happened? What happened to our evil, the worst company, gaming company, for like three years running? I, honestly, looking back, ever calling EA the worst company in gaming was yeah. kind of not, not it. Because that was, like, that was another instance of gamers being gamers. I think, like, yeah, because this was just, before crunch culture was like in the spotlight and stuff. And from some of what I've read, EA is one of the best places in the industry to work as far as yeah. crunch goes. I've. I've heard good things about EA. I've heard garbage things about just about every other studio. EA kind of is that meme that I've seen posted around. Actually, this is probably not something other people have seen, but uh, I want worse games made by more people who work fewer hours and get paid more. And I'm not joking. Like that was kind of EA for a while there. They, you know, yeah, they'd have the lower quality games. games, Yeah. But they'd have so many people working on them that it didn't matter. Yeah. I mean, I would even... I don't even know about the lower quality games, right? Like, Battlefield's is pretty polished, I think. Yeah, yeah Battlefield's been, been real stinkers out there. Oh, yeah. For for a good chunk of the tens, there were a lot of... For every, for every, like, jewel, there were at least three stinkers of a game. But that was literally every development company. Mm. It feels like... I'm not about Mass Effect Andromeda just yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I will never forget. Uh, well, uh, the wound is now fresh. SimCity 2013. Um, yeah, you know, I feel like like last generation of con- like current last generation, there weren't as many like shovelware stinkers that I've noticed, or no, not shovelware stinkers, but big flops as there were in previous generations. Because I remember th- the 360 era had a lot of prominent game flops. So yeah, they're getting more and more expensive to make. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like, I think having a flop in 2021 would be disastrous, right? Like either like either the the parent company finds out beforehand and cans the project like we saw with like Scalebound with Microsoft. Like that was supposed to be a huge AAA like dragon riding fantasy game that just got canned, right? Like like it's not ever going to see the light of day. Like they had already spent like millions and millions of dollars on that project and they just canceled it because like, if it comes out and bombs, this is like a triple a game. That's like a multi tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollar mistake. Right. So yeah, it, it, I think it's increasingly unlikely that we'll see like actual triple a bombs. Cause like, I feel like if a triple a game were to bomb, it would be, it would be canned before it got to the point where it, all those resources were put into it. I mean, mean Anthem happens. happened. Like it never happens. We had oh, it, it happens sometimes. We had Avengers. Yeah. We had Anthem. It's all. It's recently the games that I've been seeing bomb are games that are released as a games as a service, but yep. the studio isn't ready for the costs of keeping up with the games as a service game. Yeah. So it just crashes. Yeah, I mean, like. We we've said this before, but games as a service is like still a formula. Not many people understand how to do yeah. it correctly. Really like, just not that 
the way we do games as a service right now is so formulaic that like you're not gonna play Destiny and Avengers and the uh, what's the division? Yeah, the division. Like you're gonna play one of those, and so and also like you're the same kind of person who plays all of those. So like the market for games as a service, at least in my mind, I you know I'm making this up, but in in my mind, in my experience, anecdotally, like they're fighting over a, a maybe not super niche, but like finite slice of pie. Yeah. That like, it, it, it's probably more defined than like rogue. No, rogue, I mean, what am I saying? Like I'll play every roguelike that comes out, you know, every roguelike fan is probably going to play most of the roguelikes that come out. So like, Spelunky is not competing with Hades. That's just yeah. not really the it's, case. And it's just because like these games as service games, like no one's gonna play Destiny 2 and The Division and Avengers and Anthem because like each of those games has such like a time sick involved, right? Like it's yeah. such it's almost MMO level, right? Like I don't know very many people who play like WoW and Final Fantasy and you know No, you're gonna play one of these games. Yeah, like your so, identity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean like because because these games take so much of you. To right, like they they take so much of you to, um, to progress in, but yeah. also give you a lot of like highs as well, right? But it's all so, about those highs. It's not about the lows. Done. It's about I'm the highs. I'm gonna try Destiny too because it just had crossplay announced, so I'm probably gonna get into that. Soon. Yeah, that's that's exciting. And the Witch Queen stuff. So I don't obviously you guys aren't familiar with Destiny lore, I but like know. the the Witch Queen stuff is like the big thing. Like Savathun has been the big thing that has been teased since the uh, the previous major expansion. Actually, all the way back since Destiny One, the Taken King. If wow. we're being real, like so. Like, this is a huge, huge moment for Destiny 2 with the Witch Queen expansion, so I'm super pumped for that. Even though I have not played Destiny in any meaningful capacity for, like, a year or two now, but I will certainly be coming back. And, and with with uh, crossplay, too. Maybe yeah, you can jo- join our clan, Connor. Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> put that one on the maybe pile. I'll definitely, like, the guys I usually play games with, though, are on Xbox, and so we'll probably hop in and at least, like, get to max level with a, with some characters. Yeah. And, uh, you know, play I, through the base game, essentially. I highly encourage, like, if, if you've got friends on Xbox, like, you all need to do a raid. Cause, like, yeah, I know. I wanted to do a raid. Like, raids look like the most fun part of Destiny. Raid, raids are some of the best gameplay experiences I've had, period. Not just in Destiny, so. Yeah, so. I, I, yeah, they're excellent. I seriously look forward to that, yeah. I mean, raids... Raids are a great concept, although they do also, I'm not even going to say that this falls into the addiction uh, category, but like, I know people whose entire life schedule revolves around World of Warcraft raids. Right. Yeah. yeah. I I know people people that do that as well. And so much organization. And I'll be like, like, like Friday night, Hey, you guys want to go out? Like, and they're like, Oh no, I got a raid starting at seven and I need to be prepared an hour before that. Yeah. And, and like wow raids in particular, cause I know like destiny raids, like, I mean, if you're like really, doesn't like five people, right? Six, six, six. Okay, because wow, but, yeah, thirty, yeah, thirty, and like it could take like you know like twenty plus hours. I've heard like for what? some of them. Is is this true? This might be a lie. That is that true? True. No, because I've I've known I've played games with them after their raids. The raids are like two and a half hours long or something. I think it depends on if they're a competitive rating group or not. Because I know at the top end, it's just people playing for 
14 plus hours trying to be like the first to complete something. They'll also this, like do raids back to back over and over. Cause like, it's so hard to get that group of 30 or whatever people together. So they'll just do it back to back to back. Yeah. Because they have the group together. So they should use that while they have. Okay. So this might, I, I know nothing about wow, but I'm seeing, I did some Google search and like, Maybe this is like the first clear or something because there's no way a raid took 154 days. No, probably first. <laughs> probably for like first. It could have taken that long for somebody because aren't there like puzzles and stuff or something? Like you have to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Like and Destiny raids are the same way, right? Like the first time, like it, it's some, it's very special when a raid drops for the first time because like everyone's racing to see who in the world will, fi- will finish it first, and like and obviously it'll take the longest because like once you figure out the raid mechanics, like you can grind them out in like three to four hours in destiny but like when they first drop like i remember for the oh gosh the 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 riven raid i forget which what what it's called now but like the dreaming city raid uh that took like over a day for someone to beat for for a team to beat maybe over two days I, i don't remember it was like between one and two days so like and that was just the first time, right? Like, after that, like, people optimize the strategies and figure out what to do. But, like, when you're first f- figuring that stuff out, it can take a long time. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I I looked for, further into it, and the 154 days was for uh, the highest difficulty first kill of the boss. Okay. So Still, the first finish of a raid. long time. Yeah. That's people putting, like... <laughs> like, half a year. <laughs> half a year, and each of those days are eight, nine hours of just going. That's wild. I, I think at the, maybe at the time it was a little different. I wonder if they even knew it was possible when they put the update out. No, I think they knew it was possible. Okay. Yeah. I think they have to know that, right? Like otherwise well, you're just well, wasting. Thinking, like you have to be, if it took 150 days, you probably have to be like some of the best players in the world to do it or, yeah. or to figure it out. And game developers tend to not be the best players in the world. Yeah. But like, I, I don't know how it works for WoW, but like for Destiny, they definitely have like the top players like come like they fly them to Bungie and like have them test out the new content and stuff. So I don't know. I'm sure something like and I, I know like WoW is bigger than Destiny, so I'm sure something like that happens there too. But yeah, how do we get into the talking about raids? I mean, you can't talk addiction. about addiction. Addiction, right? 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 Yeah. 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 Raids in particular, like I I've fallen victim to that too where i'm like okay i have to schedule my weekend around a raid and this is a destiny raid which is from my understanding low-key compared to other raids and other mmos so just to be clear i don't think there's anything wrong with that being your social experience for the weekend like yeah yeah especially last year (laughs) right yeah last year last year if your social experience wasn't online then uh yeah then you suck you suck (laughs) 2020 was a year where I discovered VR chat was great for socializing. Yeah, yeah that's going to be me next year, probably, because uh, we're diving right back in. Looks like. Can't wait. Well, at least we'll have that third shot to tide us over. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we have we have some some people doing a horse horse anti parasitics, but it, yeah, it'll we, be we don't fine. we don't talk about those people <laughs> ever, man. Whatever happened to the term gamer? It, we killed it. We we murdered it. 
<laughs> I'm disappointed in the community. We murdered that term, and now it's dead. I mean, I definitely feel embarrassment when I hear that word now. Yeah, whenever sure. I'm called a gamer, I'm like, please don't say that cursed word to me ever again. Yeah. I'm someone who plays video games. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm a video game enjoyer. <laughs> gamer is uh, offensive. Gamer is an offensive term. Please don't associate with me with those people. Uh, I mean, I, I would take being a gamer over... An anti-vaxxer who eats horse deworming concoctions any day. So it, let's just leave it'd it be that. like calling someone a smash player. Oh That's gonna God. be my new insult. That's the yeah. You smell like a smash bros player. It's smash funny because like I love competitive Smash Bros, but like I totally get it because like awful stuff keeps coming out from the Smash community, and whenever it does, I'm just like, see, this is why Nintendo doesn't affiliate with you guys. See, this no, is a community I, thing that's really funny because there's a lot of, like, vitriol against people that don't shower in the Smash Bros. community. And, uh, to be clear, I shower every day. But it is, like, a celebrated thing in the folk punk community to be a crust punk and never shower. <laughs> that's disgusting. Yeah. It is absolutely pretty gross. <laughs> crust punk. That's something I can't unhear. Okay. Yeah. It's It's, like, there's always that stereotype that people who do certain things don't shower and that's also true in the tabletop space in my experience for some reason it's really gross to me to think about it in a nerdier hobby but when i think about it in a punk show it's just like something i have to put up with and i don't yeah, think you it's just, just they're just there i mean i think there's also a side where like smelling bad in a room full of people that are like up moving and are sweaty and stuff is nowhere near smelling bad in a room where everyone is seated and trying to focus on something just yeah Stealing in your own filth. You still should shower, y'all. Yeah, take but, a shower, clean yourself, wash your body. I saw an Among Us meme that was like, there's an imposter Among Us, and it was uh, when somebody smells like soap in the punk van. God. <laughs> <laughs> when, when somebody smells like soap at a Smash tournament. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. See, I don't know. I think the weirdest time I had... I, sometimes going to the four horsemen's a bad time. Oh yeah, because some of those people don't shower, and it, there's always certain days where certain groups of people will come through, and it will stink. Yeah, you gotta shower, man. You should just shower. If you're in a community where the stereotype is that people don't shower, be the difference. Shower. Yeah, you can be the change. You, you can know? be the change that that community needs. Shower. Use deodorant. Thank Please. you. Well, unless we you're a crust done. punk, we might be All ready right. to move into games. We've I know been Connor yeah, has like... been one of his big games of the year has has come out, and he's. I don't even think I'm going to talk to... about it this week because I haven't finished it yet. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Something else you want to talk about? Yeah, I want to talk about Twelve Minutes a bit. Oh, yeah, I forgot you played that too. Yeah, so you guys are probably thinking that I'm going to sit here and dunk on this game really hard because I did dunk on it really hard in chat. Uh, when I played it, but uh, after digesting it a bit, I kind of like it. So I like it. I like it more than I did for sure. the The uh-huh. ending is kind of a lame gut punch. And uh, do you want to give a quick uh, sign? Yeah, up? I'm gonna give a quick overview. You so 12 minutes. The story is you are a guy who's come who just got home from work, and you walk through the door, and your wife comes out of the bathroom and is like super happy to see you, and she's like, "Yeah, I, ma- I made us dessert. We need to talk later." And you talk to her and she has the really good news that she's pregnant uh, with your child. And it's like this really happy scene. And then a cop shows up at the door 
uh, says you're under arrest, handcuffs her with zip ties and puts her on the ground, then handcuffs you and starts talking some nonsense. And then he chokes you to death and you wake up back at the door and you're stuck in a time loop and you have to figure out how to not be in that time loop anymore. And it's uh, essentially a point and click adventure game. That sounds like an amazing premise. I didn't know any of that, by the way. That's, that's yeah. Cool. So it's 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 a really good premise, and there are a lot of things that it does pretty well because it is essentially one long puzzle in a point and click adventure game, which I think is kind of clever. The only problem is it does have some really bad point and click adventure tropes, like puzzles that like I would have never solved, like stuff that just doesn't make sense to me. And even like to this day, the solution, like now that I know it, the solution is kind of stupid and bad. So like it loses a ton of points there for just kind of being a member of that genre (laughs) because I've never played a point and click adventure that doesn't have that problem. But uh, overall, uh, oh, this is also interesting. Uh, The husband is played by James McAvoy. The wife is played by Daisy Ridley and the cop is played by Willem Dafoe. Wow, that that's a star studded cast. And that's pretty much, that's almost all the spoken dialogue in the game. I think there are one or two other voices that come up very briefly. Willem Dafoe's done video game voices before, right? I feel like he has. Probably. He's very good in it. Uh, I, I actually think that, so it's funny because I think the actual story writing is not incredible. But the the moment to moment, like the dialogue, the characters feel extremely real to life to me. I think they're extremely good. Quick side note. The video game Beyond Two Souls, Defoe is literally in the game. Like he's mocapped in, like oh, he's playing. Really yeah. So he's just Willem Defoe. But yeah, uh, go ahead. But yeah, I uh I don't know. I'm not gonna spoil it because you you kind of said you wanted to play it, Amid, but maybe, maybe I, I, Yeah, I, I plan on it eventually. Like yeah, I, so, so I say that about like most things, but yeah. Because the, the things I hate about the game, like really hate, are spoilers. So I'm not going to I'm not going to do that, but there are just some some story stuff that I don't like and I think that the ending is really stupid and dumb. Characters are extremely well written. It's more just the macro story kind of falls apart especially towards the end. But um the way the game does one continuous puzzle all the way through is really cool. So like if you're into point and clicks or you're into art house games, I'd check it out. If not, uh don't waste your time because if those things don't appeal to you, you're not going to like this game. Yeah, and I do remember like this. This generated a lot of buzz when it was shown at I think E3, and yeah, then like I, I was excited for it, and especially with names like you know Daisy Ridley and Willem Dafoe, James McAvoy attached. That's like not normal, you know, for video games. No, so, and, and it's a small publisher too. It's Annapurna. It's the same people that published uh, Outer Wilds. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, definitely kind of a unique, unique situation for this game, and that's kind of cool. Yeah. I just thought it was so funny that because like you posted in our chat that like, you know, 12 minutes is stupid. And then like literally seconds later, I read an article saying Hideo Kojima thought 12 minutes was incredible. And now he wants to make an adventure. That that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Kojima's pretentious. Yeah. No, I thought I just thought it was so funny. But yeah, that and Quaker games I played. I got I, I started playing a game that I talked about by I bought like a while ago. I bought a game entirely for its soundtrack. What is it? Uh, I bought Katana Zero, and oh man, is it a lot of fun. It's this 2D platform. It's a puzzle platformer? It it feels like a 2D Ghost Runner mixed. It's like, uh, it's hard to describe. But you're, uh, 
you're a samurai of some sort. And your job is to just go through and clear a level of enemies or, like, assassinate a guy. You die in one hit, they die in one hit, and if you die, you just rewind back to the start and you can slow down time and stuff. It's... The gameplay loop is pretty is pretty okay. I'm I think I'm halfway through it. It's not a long game, and the developers working on an entire new expansion of the game, I believe. But the soundtrack is all this like neo noir synth wave, and I really love it because at the start of every level, the protagonist will put in headphones and start a uh, and start up his cassette player. Samurai that puts in headphones. That's yeah. Stylish. It's it's like. Neo noir kind of cyberpunky. I I don't know the settings very vague. They talk about this war of like the Cro-Mags, so I don't know what that means. Sounds like a science fiction term. But yeah, it's very it's very trippy. There's a lot of things that don't make sense, and there will be like, "Don't talk to this DJ," and then you talk to the DJ, and the DJ's like, "Hey, I I, I just." got this drug from a storage unit and it made time go all slow which is what your character could do and you go to a psychiatrist so you can get some medicine from him it's it's a good game i do recommend buying it it's super short though i think most people clock in at like three hours of play and i'm about an hour in so yeah, but you said you bought it for the soundtrack, which is yeah, I bought it strictly for the soundtrack. Pretty unique. I don't know if I've ever, I don't know if I've ever done bought a game strictly for the soundtrack. But all right, I also bought Fury for the soundtrack, but I haven't touched Fury yeah. yet. No, Fury, Fury has really good gameplay too. Uh, but yeah, that that's that's cool. On a lighter note, I started I started playing a vehicle building game. Uh, it, made assembly. Called, I was gonna say, is it Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts? No, I'll talk about that at some point. I, I will make a spirited defense of Banjo-Kazooie nuts and bolts for an entire podcast episode. But oh no, I started playing Main Assembly, and you know, I think vehicle games need to take that a more voxel-based approach to building. I'm tired of block-based vehicle builders. I'm sick of them. They take forever. They don't look good. I want to deform. I want to make cool things. Yeah, I th- I was thinking like, I was I was joking when I said Banjo Kazooie nuts and bolts, but now that I think about it, I think that's the only vehicle builder I've even played. I that was the first one I played, and it sat me on, it sat me into a genre that I will always love to hate. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you create uh, main assembly, you create robots, and there's a very very intense programming interface in it. Like I think in the demo for. For it, I made a quadcopter that automatically sensed its altitude and would adjust on the fly. And I like the I like the power that it offers me. Yeah, <laughs> poor Connor. Connor, we're back. At- Connor's sitting at five thousand ping. Yeah. yeah, I'm back at twenty eight now. We're good. Okay, yeah. great. Uh, that's all. That's really all I have to say about main assembly because there's not much to say about it other than it's a really, really nifty vehicle builder. I'm trying to remember. I, I played a vehicle builder not long ago, and I'm trying to remember what it was called. Uh, it was on Game Pass, though. I don't think it was Main Assembly. Uh, main Assembly launched early this year, I think. And I, I could share share more Hell Let Loose antidote, and because that game, that game, that game has me. It's grabbed me. It's grabbed me and won't let go. 
Oh yeah, hell let loose. You you talked about that last episode, I think. Yeah, I I have an addendum to that. I forgot about the moment when I was a medic and I was literally just walking into this room and an artillery shell strikes the roof and a guy's pieces rain down on me and I just look at him like, I can't fix that and walk out. Oh my god, it has jibbing? (laughs) It has jibbing. The first time I walked into a building and saw this chunks of person fall down from above me, I'm like, oh god, what is this? How do I fix this? Jeez, that's... uh, I I will add... I will add that now that I've played the sniper class, it is very satisfying to get a headshot. Yeah, I bet. Especially you get a, gibbing. Oh, it doesn't give, but you get this nice ding of the round impacting the helmet. So I've learned a new word today. Jibbing? Gibbing? Yeah. Gibbing's been, been around forever. Dude, if you don't know what jibbing is, you need to play... Uh, that, that was another game I played this week that I wanted to talk about, the, the re-release of Quake. Oh. Yeah. It was I, I'd never played it before. Uh, me and my buddy, it uh, Quake released on Game Pass with crossplay, and uh, me and my buddy played through all of Quake and one of its expansions. And like, the game's just good. It's just a really good shooter, and it's super fulfilling. Like jibbing people. I played um, I played a bit of uh, Deathmatch online too, and I just cleaned up. It was super fun. Sweet. Okay. Um, I guess I can round us off. So I'm I, I'm gonna be very boring here. I've really not been playing games much lately. Uh, I do have a, I I guess I do have one game to talk about and one game I will save for later uh, next week when I have put some more time into it. I think Connor, you know what that game is. Yeah. But um. Psychonauts one is that? Yeah. 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 Too I, early. I you, like I've only put dude. I've only put like forty five minutes into it. I'm way Did too. Did you like the forty five minutes you played? I liked it and disliked it. So. Yeah, it's I've, definitely an old. I mean, it's a it's a but, PS2 game. So. But I think the the dislike is largely due to the oldness of the game, which usually shouldn't bother me. But like, you know, you I, might want to pick it up on PC. It, it might be on Game Pass, but I know you can get it on yeah. Steam for like a dollar, and it'll run at 4K, 60 frames per second. Like, yeah, I think I might do that. You know, for a dollar, yeah, yeah, that, that might be the move. But anyway, yeah, not going to talk about Psychonauts this week. But um, I did play uh, a little bit of Ghost of Tsushima. So Ghost of Tsushima, they did a, they released an expansion for that game, and they released the PS5 upgrade to that game, which adds like DualSense re- support. And oh, I read about this. I read that that game like transformed with DualSense support. Yeah, dude, the DualSense support is crazy. Like you can feel like the wind in your controller, and you can. <laughs> feel the steel of the blades clashing and it's just and like when you're on your horse and you're galloping right like the gallops feel different when you're on like grass as opposed to like a wooden bridge as opposed to like a rock like you can feel the trotting differently in your hands and it's just stupidly good i gotta pick up one of those controllers but like ghost is like especially in 60 frames per second like it transforms this game like this game yeah that's like a high action game, isn't it? I'm surprised it wasn't at 60 already. Yeah, like it, it wasn't. Yeah, because like the visual ambition on PS4 was insane. Like I can't, I still yeah. can't really believe this game ran on a PS4. But like on PS5, it's at, right at home, and it's just it's sort of one of the most beautiful games I've ever played. Like it's the art style is just so gorgeous, depicting that Japanese landscape. And uh, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it. A lot. I, I'm having more fun than I did like the first time I played through it. And like before, I liked it quite a bit, but like this time, I'm kind of smitten with it. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's it's a fantastic game. And I'm, yeah. of course, I'm playing it 
with uh, Japanese dub, English sub, because I'm not uh, uh, a normie. There we go. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but a, a, a boost in frame rate can really transform a game. Like it, you know, it's it's it, I've always heard that, and I guess I believed it to an extent, but I didn't really. But but it's so true, right? Like it really is. Like you have to see it to understand how transformative it is. Yeah, I, it, I had to. Actually, I, I failed colossally when I was in high school. I was that kid who was always whining about playing consoles at his friend's house because of the frame rate. And yeah, I was the only one who saw it, and it made yeah. me, it hurt me badly. Yeah, you were ahead of your time. Yeah, but yeah, like well, I was those... also kind of being a dick. But yeah, no, but like I, I, I honestly get like that too. When I'm at friends' houses, I like go into their TV and change their settings. Oh like, my god! <laughs> if I go to a friend's house and they don't have game mode turned on, I would, I throw a fit. Like, yeah, no, no, I do that too, and I get made fun of, but I don't care. Like, no, I, I, how do you play games with that latency? Like, they yeah, play games. I don't know. Like, how do they do it? And like, I remember once I was like watching a movie at a friend's house, and they had like. Uh, true motion, clear motion turned on, and I was just like, "This was that I'm just gonna, interpolated frame rate." Yeah, and it's just it, it creates that like soap opera effect. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah, I'm gonna fix this for you. Like, you'll thank me later. But anyways, yeah, Ghost of Tsushima, great game. It it was the swan swan song to the PS4, right? Like, it was the last PlayStation exclusive released on that console, I believe. And uh, I think Sucker Punch, you know, they always made games that i really liked i really liked infamous the superhero games i didn't know uh, it was sucker punch yeah that, that was sucker punch i like that uh, too. and uh but and i think sucker punch did sly cooper as well right they did okay yeah so um yeah sucker punch has always made great games but i think ghost of tsushima has basically taken them to another level i think Right, like, and I do. I don't see them straying away from Ghost of Tsushima anytime soon. They've got a mega hit on their hands with Ghost of Tsushima, and I'm very much looking forward to the sequel, which is surely coming to PlayStation Five in the coming years. Um, but that's pretty much it for me. That's all I really played uh, over the past couple weeks now. I think since we last recorded, and uh, uh, to let Connor get back to Psychonauts, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it here. This is Game Talk. Thank you guys for listening. You can follow us at Podcast Game Talk on Twitter. Please like, rate, and review us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any podcast service you use. Click the link in the description of this podcast to join our Discord and talk to us there. Thank you for listening, and thank you, Connor and Mike. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, thanks. And you cut out right there, Connor, yeah. so I'm going to have to do yeah, something. Yeah, I, I saw it. <laughs>